0: You are welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of IKEA Christian Center Global. Get set to be at the fire. The word works. We are continuing our teaching on School of Prayer. Last week, um, we um, began by saying that we explained a bit about prayer. We said prayer is an honor and privilege men have to connect heaven All right, to earth. Praise the Lord. So just one media team, please, the line and the platform that is available should be posted so that everyone can follow. All right, that's one. And two, the scriptures on the screen should be projected as I'm calling them. Do not be distracted so that we can't do that. Thank you. All right, so we said prayer is an honor and privilege men have to connect heaven to earth. So we said prayer is how we ensure that God's will in heaven is manifested. And we look at St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 6, from verse 5 to 6, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6 and verse 9. He said that the word pray is the Greek prosukomai, and it means to offer prayers to a sovereign. He said it is making requests to someone who is greater than you. It is making requests to someone who is greater than you we saw, all right, that from Matthew chapter six, um, from verse five to nine, that prayer is, a pas- is personal worship. We said prayer has rewards. We said God is the person prayer is to be directed to that he's the father. We said prayer is communal. And a thing that is done from father to son, we said that the power of prayer isn't in much words, but in the faith of the individual and the character of God then we also said that prayer has a protocol. Praise the Lord. Then we are able to see that it is man that prays. Prayer is an activity carried out by men and not by angels. All right? We said in St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, verse 1, that the Bible says, Jesus said, Jesus said, and he told this parable to the end that men ought always to pray and not to give up. So we saw there that it is men that are to pray. We saw in all scripture that divine intervention always followed men's request in prayer. We cited Acts 12, three to seven, where we saw that angelic intervention followed prayers of the saints, all right? To deliver Apostle Peter from the hand of Herod. Then we looked at Daniel chapter nine, verse three, and 20 to 24, where we saw that the angel was released. There was angelic visitation to Daniel following Daniel, taking hold of the Lord in prayer. Then we looked at Genesis chapter 18, verse 23 to 33, where Abraham interceded for Sodom, and we show it shows the power men have with God when they pray, in that Abraham continually interceded, asking that if there be this number, if there be this number, if there be this number, so we can see that. So we saw that Abraham argued In prayer, based on the judicial and equitable character of God, he said, shall the judge of the whole earth not do right? All right? Then the second thing was that he intercedes for Sodom based on the gift of righteousness he had from God. All right? That's why he said, if I have found favor in your sight. And the third thing is that Abraham proceeds to make requests. This means that prayer is exercising power and might with God. We also looked at Jabesh in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, from verse 9 to 10, how that Jabez made a request to God and prayed and asked that God to enlarge him and enlarge his territory, and the Bible says that God had the prayer of Jabesh. All right, and we saw in, I, in Genesis chapter 25, verse 21, that Rebekah was barren, contrary to the promise of God to Abraham and to Isaac. And Isaac went to God, the Bible says, and Isaac entreated the Lord for Rebekah, for she was barren. So we can see a consistent pattern that even though God is all powerful and mighty, we see divine intervention always following men praying. Angels are released following the prayers of men. We also looked at Exodus chapter 2, 23 to 25. We saw that the people groaned and God had their groan. All right. The intervention of God was to send Moses in response to the cry of the nation of Israel, for deliverance, all right. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. We looked at thy will be done on earth as in heaven, which means there is already a preordained plan, a preordained will of God in heaven or in the spirit realm. And what prayer does is to take a hold of that plan, that will all right, and bring it into manifestation on the earth all right god has a plan god has a will prayer is the mechanism by which we bring into manifestation into reality god's plan and god's will so we've established the following we established that number one prayer is god's will for men to align his heavenly plan to the earth number two prayer is a family affair as it is sons who pray to their father number three Prayer is a legal activity as it is only men who have prayer, all right? It's only men who have, um, um, uh, who have rights that pray or that can pray, all right? In prayer, men discover God's will align the earth with it via participation. So today, we are going to proceed and look at demystifying the will of God and sovereignty in prayer. Demystifying... The will of God and his sovereignty in prayer. All right? So, because (laughs) a lot of people do not understand the place of God's will and his sovereignty in prayer. So, because they do not understand it, they misunderstand it. All right? And there is a lot of confusion. So, let us start by establishing who is God. God (laughs) is God. God. There is no other word to use to define who He is. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the supreme authority. There is no one above Him. Hallelujah. No one can question Him. No one can query Him. No one can beat Him. No one can is superior. No one is better. He is God. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. Scriptures, please. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 14 into 15. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 14 into 15. If we are there, can we read? Yes. Appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 15, what does it say about him? It now says what? Amen. Which in his times he shall show. Who is the what? The blessed. And only what? Potentate, the King of Kings, our Lord of Lords, the Supremo. Hallelujah. Look at Revelation chapter 17, verse 14. Revelation chapter 17, verse 14. Revelation, book of Revelation 17 and verse 14. He said, This shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is what? He is what? He is Lord of Lords and what? King of Kings. And they that with him are called chosen and faithful. So he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 16. Same thing. Affirm. Showing you there is no one above him. King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Revelation chapter 19 and 16. Alright. What does it say? Revelation 19 and 16. Let's read. Alright. And he had on his virtue and on his thigh a name written... King of kings and lord of lords. Now, God is not just king of kings and lord of lords. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. So that means if he is the creator of the heavens and the earth, he is creator Why every other thing is created. Glory to God. He is creator Why every other thing is created. Amen. You cannot question the creator on what he did with his creation. It is his own. Amen. All right. It is his own. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everybody say, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Again, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, if you look at St. John's Gospel chapter 1, let's go to Genesis John's Gospel chapter 1. And we're going to read from verse 1 to 3. God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. So we need to understand who this God is. He's not your bro. He's God. He's not your mate. He is God. He's the supreme being. That's why he's worthy of worship. He's worthy of adoration. He's worthy of being submitted to. Because he is God. All right? John 1, 3. All things were what? Made by him. And without him was not what? Anything made that was made. So, if it was made, it has a creator. And the name of that creator is who? Is God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, he's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is also the judge of the whole earth. He is the judge of the whole earth. Genesis 15 and verse 14. Genesis 15 and verse 14. Judge of the whole earth. Now, why can he judge the whole earth? Because he created the whole earth. So, because he created the whole earth, he can judge it that this is good and this is not good. Glory to God. Because he has the master plan and the master design. So, based on his design, he can tell you what fits and what does not fit. He can tell you what aligns and what does not align. Why? He is the creator. Amen. So, look at it. And also that nation, whom they shall serve, will I judge. God is talking here, uh, after I told Abraham that the children of Israel were going to be in captivity for a a couple of hundred of years. He now says, and also that nation, whom they shall serve, will I judge. And after what shall they come out with great substance? Okay? Now look at Genesis 18.25. In Genesis 18.25, Abraham says, shall the judge of the old earth not do right? Shall the judge... Of the whole earth. He says, that be far from thee to do after this manner. To slay the righteous with the wicked. And that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So he is the judge of what? All the earth. He is the judge of all the earth. So there is nothing a man has that God did not give him. There is no liberty men have that was not given to him. Man's liberty, man's will is not of man, it is a gift from God. So we should stop seeing things like will of man, all right, liberty of man as something that originated from man. No, it is God ordained, it is God given. Because he is the God of the whole earth, he is the judge of the whole earth. Hallelujah. So, they are gifts of God to men. So, why is God judging? God is going to judge men on how they use his gifts. God is going to judge men on how they use his gifts. Amen. Now, look at Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4 and verse 32. Daniel chapter 4.32. Now, in Daniel 4.32, you see that Nebuchadnezzar was oppressing, all right. You know, it was really around the world dominating and oppressing nations. Praise the Lord. Then the Bible now lets us know, all right. That God wanted to show Nebuchadnezzar that the person who had rule on the earth was God. Because Nebuchadnezzar got to an exalted sense of, had a, 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 a bloated self of importance and began to think that, you know, <laughs> he was God. So uh, he got into that delusion and even created a, an image and told people to be what worshipping him. So look at Daniel chapter 4 verse 32. He says, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee, until thou know that the Most High, everybody read the Most What ruleth in what the kingdom of men, and giveth it to what whomsoever He will. Glory to God. He giveth it to what whomsoever He will. So. It shows us that God is the creator, God is the designer, God is the judge, God is the owner of all we see and all we don't see. God is the creator, God is the owner, God is the ruler, God is the judge of all we see and we don't see. So just as God judges men, he also judges angels. He is God. Hallelujah. But because God is God, he functions in an arena of foreknowledge and predestination. Men function, natural man functions primarily from the place of experience and consciousness. The natural man functions from the place of experience and consciousness. The spiritual man functions from the place of revelation. Only God functions from the place of foreknowledge and predestination. It is only God that has the capacity to function from foreknowledge and function from predestination because he is the designer of all things. He is the designer of all things. Just like if I created the iPhone, I would have determined where the apps will be, how the phone will come on. So in my foreknowledge, I already knew where everything would be. Then by predestination, I put it so. So foreknowledge and predestination are characteristics a creator can only a creator can have.
1: For knowledge and predestinations are characteristics only a creator we have. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now let's look at the scripture.
0: Romans chapter number 8 verse 28. Are we back on YouTube now? Are we back? Good. All right. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. I want to show you something. Because if you understand this thing I'm telling you, you are going to find out that when you are praying, you are not convincing God to do something. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? No. Prayer is not convincing God. Prayer is finding out what God has in his foreknowledge predestined and taking a hold of it. So it means when a man prays in the name of Jesus, he is simply taking a hold of what God has made available. He is not taking a hold of what does not exist. No. He is taking a hold of what God has made available. That is why I told you that you cannot pray right if you don't know right. Just as faith is impossible, except the knowledge of the will is known, prayer is ineffective, ineffective. When you are ignorant of God's will, prayer is ineffective when you are ignorant of God's will. Prayer is ineffective when you are ignorant of what God's um, foreknowledge is, or what God's foreknowledge was, and what He has predestined to happen. Hallelujah. Prayer is effective when we pray from knowing what God has already done. From knowing, all right, what God has already done. Alright, in his foreknowledge predestined to happen. So for example, Anna in the temple, not Anna at energy. There was Anna in the temple, praise God. Alright, that one was a widow. Our Anna is going to get married and have many kids, praise God. Alright, so <clears throat> that Anna spent time praying for the coming of the Messiah. Now, the coming of the Messiah... Has already been predicted in the foreknowledge of God. And had been confirmed and, um, and declared by many prophets. True prophecies. Is that correct? Yeah. So what was she doing? She went to pray. Taking a hold of the prophecies revealed in accordance with the foreknowledge of God. That that which has been revealed and has been confirmed, of, um, confirmed before of God should come into manifestation. I don't know if you understand that. So, for prayer to be effective, all right, prayer must start from the plan and the purposes of God. Not the plan and the purposes of man. One of the most powerful things the Spirit of God does is that he puts desires in the hearts of men that line up with the foreknowledge of God for that man. Such that the desires in your heart that are put there of God are actually God's thoughts, God's plan before the time, before the foundation of the world for you. So you begin to find that you are desirous to see miracles happen. And the reason why you are desirous to see those miracles happen is because from before the foundation of the world, God ordained you a miracle worker. Before the foundation of the world, God has said, you will carry my spirit. So, the desire you are having is in tandem with God's plan in his foreknowledge before time began. Glory to God. So, when you now go to God praying to see miracles, you are praying his will. Because you are praying, hallelujah, all right, asking to see with your eyes and hand with your hand. That which God has already proposed, designed, all right, and ordained. For you, before the foundation of the world, Are you getting the gist of this? Come on, church. Are you getting the gist of this? Mm -hmm. So that is why the Bible says, you ask and receive not because you ask according to your lusts. Amen. So when you are asking according to your lusts, you are asking according to desires that did not originate from who? From God. So because you are asking according to desires that did not originate from God, there will not be an alignment of heaven with that request. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Now, as we are talking like this, you now begin to find out why this is, why um, praying in the Spirit is important. Are you seeing it now? Why? Because no one knows the mind of God except like the Spirit of God. said, no man can know the things of a man except the Spirit of man that dwells in him. Even the same way, no man can know the things of God except what? The Spirit of God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Accept the Spirit of God. So that means, if we are to know the things of God and the things God has ordained in His foreknowledge, we are, we are only going to be able to access those things, those deep things of God, alright, through the ability of the Spirit. So the sure and effective way to pray in such a way that aligns with the intention, plans of God, that He has preordained via His foreknowledge, is by the Spirit. Because our mind does not have the capacity to tap into the recesses of the depths of God. Because your mind has a limit. But the Spirit of God is limitless. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Everybody, this is what? For, and we know that all things work together... For good to them that are that love God, to them who are called according to what to them who are called according to his word now. You see what that word purpose the purpose there's Greek word Latricia, and Latricia is talking about plan or design, people that are called according to plan, people that are called according to a design. So it's a set plan. It's like talking about like an architectural drawing. So God had a picture in mind when He made you. There was a plan in mind. You are not an accident. There was a clear, detailed purpose concerning your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. So, in answer, according to his purpose. Notice, who are the called? According to his purpose. So there is a his that has a purpose. According to what? His purpose. His purpose. Next verse. What does it say? For whom he did what? For no... He also did what? Predestinate to be conformed to what? The image of his son, that he might be the what? Now notice how God works. He says, whom he did foreknow, he also did what? Predestinate. Now what does foreknowledge mean? Foreknowledge means to know beforehand. So if he's saying whom he did foreknow, it means before the person existed, God knew him. Glory to God. So God knew you before your mother knew you. And he says, all right, whom he did for know he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. So God knew you before time, and he predestinated that word predestinate is also preordain. Preordain. It means to act before time, to set a programming. So we have all been programmed. From before time to be conformed to the image of the Son. So that means in God. And with God, he does a thing from beginning to the end. So this is how God does something. If God wants you to play a football match, amen. This is what God does. If God wants you to play the football match, this is what he does. Before you ever were born... God will start the match. Are you following? Then it will finish the match. Match has started, has finished. The person that is to score in God has scored. The person to pass in God has passed. After he has settled everything, amen. Then you know what he does. He now creates the entities. In the match that has just happened. Which means when the match was played, there were no entities. Are you following? You understand? So, after he creates the entities, that's you and me. Praise God. And we are players. Glory to God. The match has been played in God. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, we, we come in the realm of time. And we want to play the match. Glory to God. And, you know, we want to win the match. I don't know if you are getting my analogy. We want to win the match. But you know, only God has played the match from beginning to the end. We haven't. This is the first time we are playing the match. What are we supposed to do? Praise God. Now, God knows how the match is going to go. By foreknowledge. Praise God. And he knows who is going to do what. By what? Predestination. What are we supposed to do? We are supposed to go to God and ask God how... Is this thing going to go? When God shows us how that thing is supposed to go, it is now called what revelation. So when we go to God and ask, that is what is called prayer. So prayer is finding out from God what has already been made available in God's foreknowledge.
1: I don't know if you got that. I said, "I, I, I don't know if you got that. Amen
0: is finding out from God what has already been made available in God's foreknowledge. To find out
1: what has already been done in his predestination. So, for football lovers, those who that like football, you, will end, you understand this
0: analogy. Maybe we are playing in God. They've already played the number seven shirts. These are the scores. The number 7 set has already passed to number 10. Then he passes to number 10. He dribbles the person on 2. Then passes to number 9. It is number 9 that we score. According to what has happened already we are in God. Praise God. Now I pray. Oh Father. I want to win this match. What am I supposed to do? As I am praying. I now see a vision. That shows me how that thing will go. That I am supposed to pass to this person. Who will pass to this person to score? Now, in my heart, I may want to score. But when I saw, I saw I was not the one that scored. Are you following what I'm saying? So, I, all I need to do is now to what, copy what I have seen in what was shown to me. Praise God. So, what that tells us is this. The end result of prayer or the fruit of prayer is participation. I, I pray Makusa, casta father. I pray that the words that are coming out of my mouth from my spirit, joined to your Holy Spirit, does not go over their heads, that they get what I'm telling telling them what you show me to teach from the word of God. Listen, the end or the the, the goal of prayer is participation, which means that when a man has prayed effectively. He will get up knowing what he was supposed to do in time based on what God has already done in foreknowledge. By foreknowledge. Are you following? So that means what God has already done in the spirit, you will now be able to what? Do in what? In time. You already know what the playbook is. Amen. I'll give you an example. David... Never lost a battle. One key thing why David never lost a battle was because every time there was a battle to be fought, David started with prayer. Are you following? You say, Lord, how are we fighting this thing? Remember what we saw in the book of Joshua on Sunday. We saw two battles. The first battle was between Israel and who? Jericho. And Joshua goes to pray. And God says to Joshua, this is how you will win. Basically, what God is saying is this. In my full knowledge, this is how the battle was won. Now, notice that when God was talking to Joshua, he was telling Joshua, I have given Jericho into what? Church now, talk now. I have given Jericho what? Into your hand. Now, this is before the fought." This is before the wall fell down. He said I have given Jericho into you that is how God talks. Why? Because before it starts in God it is completed. That thing you are worrying about, that you are anxious about, hey marriage or hey, a job, business, before you started it, before you were born it was completed. That's why the Bible says be anxious for nothing. Why are you anxious? You cannot imagine. How many of you, when you are watching a football game or tennis game, wherever it is that you watch, I know there's somebody on, um, in our UK church. I, I, I think her name is Mumbemeni. Mumbe, Mumbe, Mumbe Forgive me if I, I didn't pronounce that correctly. She loves tennis and she loves uh, uh Hamilton, you know, racing. So imagine how many of you can get anxious over a tennis match that has already been played. Praise the Lord. Church now, talk to me. All right. Ah, or maybe you are watching Atlanta 96, Nigeria versus Brazil. And you are watching it on the television and it is 3-1. Nigeria is 3-1 down. How many of you watch it and say, hey hey, 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 Nigeria should do quick and score. If you are doing that, will not they say something wrong in your head? Are you following why? Why? Because the match has already been played and Nigeria won. We already know who scored. Are you following? So that's where God is. He is in the place of foreknowledge. The match has been played. The race has been run. The game has been played. We know who won. Are you following what I'm saying? You understand that? So that's why I said, be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious. This thing has already turned out for your good. Now, what you now do in the place of prayer is that you go to God for prayer to receive revelation. And that revelation will show you the how to, what you need to do to win, what you need to do to take a hold of what God has already done. Praise the Lord. I said, Praise the Lord. What you need to do. So, the the, the end of prayer is participation. The end or the fruit of prayer is fellowship. Any kind of praying that does not result in revelation and therefore fellowship is not effective praying. Any kind of praying that does not result in revelation and therefore, all right, participation. It's not effective praying because in the revelation there will be instruction. Look at Jericho, all right? Israel. It says, Joshua goes to pray. And God says to him, Go around the city six times, once daily for six days. He now says, On the seventh, go around how many times? Seven times. Is that correct? Church, talk to me. Is that correct? He says, Go around seven times. Clear instruction. So he had a revelation on how the battle will be won. Now notice, you know, it was a it seemed to be a stupid instruction. Because if it was a world city, because Jericho was a world city, the best thing to do is like what Saladin did when he went against Constantinople. All right? All right, is to get rocks and fire to try to bring the wall down. God tells him, you don't need to bring slingshots, you don't need to bring grogs, all you need to do is to go around one, six days, once daily for six days, then on the seventh day, go around what? Seven times, then tell your priest to blow trumpets. Praise God. Then when they blow trumpets, the people should shout. Then they will see the salvation of the Lord. Are you following what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Now here's the funny thing. God gives that instruction to them. They had seen from via revelation what God had already done and made available through his foreknowledge. Once they aligned, there was a manifestation. Guess what? The very next battle they fought. They fought, I. Go and check. Joshua did not pray. Joshua did not what? He did not pray. The people said, Joshua, don't worry, it's us. We just dealt with uh, Jericho. In fact, we are too. Don't don't let everybody go. Let us just take three thousand. Praise God, three thousand. And it says when we take the three thousand, we go. We just uh, and we just bring everything and no, nothing spoiled. The Bible says they went there and they fought and they lost. Why? They couldn't take a hold of an eye that God already given to them because they had not yet gotten a revelation. Of how they were to do it glory to God I said glory to God many a times that is the issue with many of us that naughty difficult challenge that you are facing the issue is you are trying to solve that thing in your own strengths you are trying to solve that thing with your own you know your own logic praise God what you are supposed to do is to rest on God or in God in prayer as you spend time praying, what would happen? What will happen is this. God will open your eyes to see. Glory to God. You will have a revelation. He will show open your eyes to see and tell you this is what you are supposed to do
1: and this is when you are supposed to do it. Praise God. Sometimes the instruction will be do nothing. Don't go anywhere. Praise God. Praise God.
0: But you see, When we do that which is revealed and we align, that is what is called faith. Praise God. And faith always causes there to be a manifestation. Can I get an amen? Let's look at some more scriptures. Look at Titus chapter number one.
1: Seeing how God operates. Titus chapter number one. Hallelujah. Titus one and verse
0: two. The TV is off. Praise the Lord. Are we there? Can we read? What does it say? Uh? Yes. No, the way people are reading this is very, very, very depressing. Can we read it again? Once you go, it says what? In hope of what? Yes. Which God that cannot lie? Yes. Now, notice what it says. He said, God promised it before what? Before what? Before what? So that means all God gives or all that is manifested in time, all right, of the promises of God are usually promised before time. Praise the Lord. It's usually promised where? Before time. God is not just trying to make things happen. No. He has already made it happen before time began. So there is a rest of faith you must have as a believer. Knowing that everything that you need was already made ready before time. God is not just about making it. If he's a husband, you need a wife, you need. God made it available before time. You need a vehicle, he made it available before time. You need an opportunity, he made it available before time. You need a visa, he made it available before time. You know what I'm things I found about Lord, sometimes people say they want to travel, but they don't realize sometimes that it is God that is putting that desire. No, now, I'm not talking of Buari induced desire to travel. There is Buari induced desire to travel because of the sufferings in this country. That one is your own idea. I am talking about, you know, most times when it is God, it goes against what you want. Glory to God. Glory to God. May I go to heaven one. God will tell somebody who is living large in Lagos, Nigeria, and tells him he wants him to travel, he wants to get out of the country. "Ah, No, I'm fine. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Give it to somebody else. I'm okay here. You understand? God will put the desire inside of you. And when he puts that desire inside of you, it is so that it will cause you to go and pray. A prayer of inquiry. To go and find out from God, why am I having this desire? What is the detail concerning desire? So from a prayer of inquiry, the next thing that will happen will be what? Revelation. Light will now come to you and say, this is the plan. Then once you understand what that plan is, and you get what the the details of what to do, participation sets in. And as participation sets in, manifestation follows. So, the sequence of answered prayer is what? Inquiry, praise God, revelation, participation, and manifestation. Let's take it again. All right? The sequence of answered prayer is what? Inquiry, revelation, participation, and what? Manifestation. You know, one thing that's very important, I'll tell you something, is this. A man of prayer is a man of work. A man of prayer is a man of work. The more you pray, the more revelation you will have and the more participation you are going to be be doing. So the man of prayer, we have a lot of work to do. The man of prayer, we have a lot of divine work to do. A lot of divine work to do. The man of prayer cannot be a docile man. So, you know, some people say, oh, I've been praying all day or for the last 15 days and last 30 days I've been praying. Listen, you are not praying effectively because if you are praying effectively, as you pray, there will be instruction of something you are supposed to do. Look at the life of Jesus. The Bible makes us understand and he spent all night in prayer to God. What did he do the next time he chose, a 12, uh, chose 12 disciples? you understand that? So that means the praying he did brought revelation to him as regards the choice of who will take the gospel around the world after he's gone. Are you following what I'm talking about? So there is a walk that follows praying. Any praying that does not translate into walking in terms of participation with what is revealed is ineffective. So, why people say prayer is not enough. We must act. Listen to me. If you pray, you will act. Any prayer that does not involve acting is not praying. Any prayer that does not involve participation is not praying. Any prayer that does not involve participation is unbelief. It means you are praying without expectation that God will answer. The beauty of God. The glory of God is in that there is participation between man and him in the fulfillment and the manifestation of his agenda and plan. The ultimate agenda and plan of God for salvation was present before time began. Guess what? For that agenda and plan to be fulfilled, it, it needed a God-man. Not God alone. A God And man, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is 100% what? God. 100% what? Man. So God become man was essential in bringing about the fulfillment of the ultimate plan of God. Showing you that God requires, all right, for the eternal purposes and plans of God will fulfill on the earth. There must be what? A synergy between God and man. God will have it no other way. Amen. God will have it no other way in Jesus we see that plan God and man working together to bring about the manifestation of God's will and God's purposes glory to God so in manifestation there is God's part then there is your part your role in prayer is to find out what your part is hallelujah (laughs) amen look at Acts 12 the Bible lets us know that the children of, um, of the, uh, the church was praying for the deliverance of Peter. Amen. The church was praying for the deliverance of Peter. And as they were praying, the Bible says that Peter was in between two, two, uh, two, two guards. Then said says an, an, an angel came to Peter. Peter was sleeping. Now, guys, think about this thing. You know what? There's something that's so beautiful about the man of faith. The man of faith is a man of rest. Peter learned from Jesus how to sleep inside the storm. It had been announced that Peter was going to be killed the very next day. The night before, we don't find Peter praying. We don't find Peter praising. We don't find Peter awake. The Bible says Peter was fast asleep that he took the push of an angel to wake him up. The guy was at peace. The peace of faith. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. I said, glory to God. <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> Now notice something. When the angel touched him, the angel did not carry him and say, put your hand around my waist. I will carry you out of this place. No. The angel said, dress up, get up. He didn't help or assist Peter to dress up. He said, get up. Amen. And he says, follow me. And he followed what? The angel. Follow the angel. The Bible said the door opened of his own accord. Follow the angel. Follow the angel outside. Notice, Peter was involved in his own deliverance. Praise God. God did not command the angel to carry Peter out. The angel showed up, praise God, delivered Peter, but Peter had to walk out. Glory to God. The children of Israel, when they were fleeing from the Egyptians, And Moses was crying to God. God says, Hey, Moses, what are you crying about? Stretch your hand above, uh, across the river and divide it. The river divided. Did the angel of the Lord or the east wind of God blow the children of Israel across the river? No. They were to what? March through. Say, tell the people to go forward. So that is revelation and instruction. The people going forward is what? Participation. Are you following? So, prayer. Gives rise to revelation. Amen. Then, revelation inspires participation.
1: Participation brings manifestation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This thing I'm telling you. So that this is how you will know
0: when you are missing it. When you are looking at a matter. And you are mis- ah, You understand? You say, this matter I'm praying about. What is the revelation? Now, many other times, there are issues you require revelation from. That revelation is going to come, praise God, from the word. It is from the revelation from the word of God. You will see what God has already done and made available for you in what? In Christ Jesus. Are you following what I'm saying? So, when you are praying, ah, praying about the matter. That's why whenever you are praying a prayer of inquiry and you are praying concerning a matter, make sure your Bible is open. Make sure your what? Your Bible is open. Make sure that times of fervent praying is also, also coincides with time of reading scriptures. Because the revelations will come from the, the word of God. I, Daniel, understood by books. So, Daniel understood by the written word what was ordained in the foreknowledge knowledge of God. And based on what was in the written word, he went to God in prayer and God gave him further revelation. Praise the Lord. Are you following what I'm saying?
1: Are you following what I'm saying? I said, are you following what I'm saying? Yes. The revelation will come from the word. And there is a difference between praying with
0: your eyes closed. I'm talking about your spiritual eyes closed. And praying. All right, give me your hand there. This is failing. You didn't change the batteries. All right. There's a difference between praying with your eyes closed. All right. And praying with your eyes open. There's a difference between praying with revelation. All right.
1: Or praying with illumination. Praying with revelation. And praying blindly. When
0: you do not have sufficient knowledge of the word of God, you will be praying blindly. Blind praying is ineffective praying. Blind praying is boring praying.
1: Blind praying is fruitless praying. Don't pray blindly. Pray with illumination. Pray with illumination. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: So take that distance. So God's plan. God plans and does things beforehand and before time. Prayer is taking prayer is taking a hold of what God has predestined in his foreknowledge and partnering with him in his fulfillment. Let me say it again. Prayer is taking a hold of what God has predestined in his foreknowledge partnering with him in his fulfillment i'll say that again prayer is taking a hold of what god has been testing in his foreknowledge partnering with him in his fulfillment if you are praying for auguste to come to the lord there is something you will be you, you you are going to do to make it happen so as you are praying the spirit will be giving you instructions as to what to do your participation with that instruction is what will lead into the manifestation of that which all right you are prayed about write this down every plan of god
1: and will of god requires a host to manifest it That prepares men to will of to host and animate the will of God. praise God.
0: The role of the will of men doesn't invalidate the sovereignty of God. Praise God. Let me take that again. Prayer is taking a hold of what God has predestined in His foreknowledge, partnering with with Him in its fulfillment. Every plan of God and will of God requires a host to manifest it. Prayer is an activity that prepares men to host and animate the will of God on earth. The role of the will of men does not invalidate the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God factors in the will of men in prayer. What does that mean? In that God's sovereign will. All right, what God wants, what God's plan is, but the spirit of God is programmed into the desires of men. It's programmed into the desires of men. Hallelujah. It's programmed into the desires of men, and men, based on that desire put in by the Spirit of God, go to God in prayer. you understand. So the truth about it is that that inspiration to pray, the prayer process is instigated by god first i don't know if you understand this thing it is what instigated by god first so god has a plan he wants a manifestation on the earth by his spirit he stirs up the desire in men and men come to him in prayer to see the desire all right that he put in them to come to manifestation then he now goes on to tell them this is what you need to do and they participate with god in that thing and there is a manifestation praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord so effective praying will therefore
1: be as follows prayer of inquiry prayer of inquiry then requests then thanksgiving then
0: partnership so you pray ask lord what do you want me to do what is the plan when you get that plan you ask that it comes into manifestation and you thank him for that manifestation then once you have gotten instruction as to what to do you participate You participate. Hallelujah. You participate. Have you learned anything today? Have you learned anything today? Can we lift up our hands and just begin to bless the name of the Lord? Oh, glory to God. Manta kababa baba sopra di la kabasiti ke babahaya. O conte ribasi rahaya. Manta kalamanto kobrodo sopra to sata. Oh we give you praise father. Manto korama shanta rababa baba ibrahasa takalebosata. Little sakti la grossi frahasata haya. Ah we give you praise father. in jesus name and everyone said all right this is a very important teaching i pray that we'll be able to um listen again and again and you know apply you know in the place of prayer so we pray till we know we pray till we have clarity we pray till we know what to do hallelujah we pray till we know what to do fellowship participation then manifestation hallelujah Praise God. All right, we're going to give because our time is far spent. Amen. So if we are giving an offering, let's package our offering and let's give quickly. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more messages, kindly search for our Telegram channel using the link c.me slash
1: oikiasisi. God has blessed you.